This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and eat a lot of cheese. And today we're talking about mozzarella. That's right. We are talking about both low-moisture mozzarella, which uh-huh. is also the kind used for grating or shredding. Sure. And we're talking about fresh mozzarella. Are we talking about no-moisture mozzarella that's just like a <laughs> fine powder? <laughs> I bet that exists. Which it probably like mozzarella, does. mozzarella, like dusting powder. I think like yeah. for, for dusting your furniture for oh yeah like dusting <laughs> dusting powder like Amelia Bedelia would use yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's that is literally the only context in which I've ever heard the term dusting powder I, I remember uh, an adult in my life who I will not name okay who uh, worked for a very wealthy person and for Christmas one year what she was given by this person was some sort of scented dusting powder wow and she was like that's why a shitty present I want that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Robert De Niro, Mm -hmm. she said. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I think uh, many of us in the U.S. think of mozzarella primarily in the low moisture form, the grating form. But in Italy and Europe and I don't know, maybe elsewhere in the world, mozzarella is sort of first and foremost the fresh stuff. Yeah. Although, I mean, like fresh mozzarella, like not only had a moment, but like has hung on at least in in some form because like suddenly you learned about caprese salad and uh, like pizza margarita. But do you think that like, you know, if you just like stood at the top of a skyscraper mm-hmm. in, somewhere in the U.S. Yeah. and just yelled mozzarella, what do you think Who those people are running? picturing? <laughs> yeah, they're picturing like a ball of, of, of uh, low moisture mozzarella. Oh, I was thinking they were they were picturing a pile of shredded low moisture mm. mozzarella. They're probably picturing a pile of, sh- of shredded cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm often picturing that. Me too. You know, this was a this is as good a time as any to do memory lane. It's it's a great time to do memory lane. Let's do it. So I think that I first learned We're kinda of, hopped up and punchy today. We are. I think it's Even because though usually like we tape after lunch and usually I'm like, it's it's time for my nap, but let's do the show anyway. I think it's because we're in a little bit of a hurry. We actually have other things to do this afternoon. Yeah, like we don't have time to, to spend with you, the <laughs> listener. We got important stuff to do. Anyway. Like, like go to the bank and uh um like I I gotta oh I gotta drop off a roll of film 
episode. Like for real? For real. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, here we go. You you finally got that time machine we're always talking about, (laughs) and this is your one use of the time machine. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay, here we go. Go to the photo mat. So I think that like a lot of people in the U.S., I first encountered fresh mozzarella when caprese salad became a thing. I think me too. In the 90s. I don't think I would have liked it at first because, like, I'm still I'm still a little bit shaky on the on the topic of raw tomatoes. Hmm. Uh, but like, I like if it's a good caprese salad, I'm certainly down for that now, and I certainly like the the aesthetic of it. I don't know if I remember that about you and raw tomatoes. Yeah, like I don't love them. Is it the the, the it's like always, gelatinous? It's always the texture, the right? Texture. Like yeah, whenever yeah, someone yeah. doesn't like something. Sure, sure. Like I don't like I don't like I war, just... but it's mostly the texture. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's I was looking for an uh, an example and thanks for providing <laughs> thanks, one. Thanks, for, so thanks for like making things a little too real. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The next like encounter with mozzarella that stands out to me. And I mean obviously I'm ignoring like all the mozzarella I ate on pizza growing up. Uh yeah, but I mean we will talk about that a little bit. We right? will. I remember when I worked at Whole Foods uh, when I was in college and I worked at the prepared foods counter, we had some sort of like smoked mozzarella pasta salad and it was made with like penne rigate and there were like hunks of smoked mozzarella and spinach people loved this stuff sure and i hated the smell of it i don't think i ever even like deigned to taste it like i I don't like the smell of smoked cheeses yeah i don't love them like i'm not gonna seek out a smoked cheese although i do like the rogue creamery smoky blue i do enjoy that one Mm. uh not a not a mozzarella you know what i just realized that i love maybe we've maybe we've observed this before like you i and wife of the show Lori. All have a thing we can say, like, when I worked at such and such, which did not, uh, like, take up a, a long period of our lives, but, but like, was a huge oh, yeah. repository of, like, formative experiences and stories, retail stories. Big time. So, like, you worked at Whole Foods. She worked at Dairy Queen. And I worked at Sur La Table. Like, oh, this is great. Yeah, like, my, I think my experience was the most limited. I think I, like, worked there for, like, a total of, like, two or three months. Oh, okay. I worked there for two summers yeah. and then, like, one Christmas or something. But yeah, actually, I just yesterday uh, went down a little bit of an uh, of a memory lane, an Instagram rabbit hole, googling the super hot lesbian who like asked me out. Oh yeah, I remember this story from your book. That's right, from the fixed stars, and how confused I was. I mean, I'm still just puzzling over what was actually going on there. But did you find her? I did. I did. Yeah, I found her. She's still out there. (laughs) <laughs> Good. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I had a really interesting sort of new experience with mozzarella on oh. my honeymoon with Brandon. Okay. <laughs> this sounds hot, right? Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So I we went, the cheese melted of its own accord. We went to Vancouver Island and we went to. Oh, right. Because we because we like ran into you or like met up with you like on the way Vancouver, back. In Vancouver. Yeah. So we went to this place called Fairburn Farm, which was like an agriturismo kind of thing. Yeah. It's no longer open, I don't think, but it was in a town called Duncan, uh, BC. They had named for the king killed by Macbeth. I saw Macbeth yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. They had water buffalo, and they made buffalo milk mozzarella on site. I did not get buffalo mozzarella for today's. No, that's fine. It's it's very expensive in the states. I remember uh, that was just really cool. It was my first time ever seeing a water buffalo. Maybe my only time ever seeing a water. Yes. Yes, but so cute. Yes. 
these kind of purple tongues. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. And then I'll talk about this later. But in 2009, I was invited to go on a press trip to southern Italy, to Naples and Capri and Ischia. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember this. this? I, was, I was jealous at the time and remain so. Yeah. Uh, I'm jealous of myself because I feel that it was wasted on me at the if time. If you had a time machine, would you go just go back and do that again? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Anyway, one of the things that we Don't did. Don't forget to drop off your film on the way. Oh, one of the things that we did. <laughs> Was we were piled on a bus and driven from Naples to like Caserta or something, which is an area of Campania. Okay. And uh, it is an area that's well known for mozzarella di bufala. Oh, yeah. Whatever. It's, it's I, like a mozzarella is like a southern Italian. That's thing, right. right. Okay. Uh, and I, Matthew, we've got some pictures here in oh, our agenda. Oh, I noticed you put it, pictures in our agenda, which I've never seen you do before. These are pictures that I took. And so wait, is this is this like rope here cheese? I'm, I'm going to explain this okay. to you later. All right. Yeah. And then there's the but, thing that so looks that like a player cool. piano. So that was pretty cool. I got to go to a place where they actually make buffalo milk mozzarella and watch them working it. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Did you get to milk a buffalo? I did not. Too bad. Yeah. If you when you get back there on the t- with the time, <clears throat> on machine, the time machine, you should demand to milk that buffalo. I, OK, I will. Or like just like ask the buffalo. OK, uh, Matthew, do you have a memory lane? So my memory lane, I do. also. I do also remember I never went to Italy or milked a buffalo, but I do remember like probably like kind of in the e-gullet days of the early 2000s, like was a was a good time for caprese salad. Like I know it, it came on the scene a little earlier than that, but like I, I remember like sometimes people on e-gullet would would uh, like get together and make fresh mozzarella. I don't think I was ever invited to this. Oh, wow. Or or at least couldn't make it. You know, the truth is this was like 20 years ago now. So this was a time when you could easily buy fresh mozzarella, but probably not as high quality and as readily available as we can get it now. Yeah. And also, I assume like if you've just made the mozzarella, it's probably pretty special. I don't know if I've even eaten like, like just made mozzarella. I've been to some sort of restaurant. Was it like Moza in LA or That's something possible. that for a while served like bread and a ball of fresh like freshly made mozzarella. That totally makes sense. I think so. And then I have like a pandemic uh, mozzarella memory, which was that like when we started doing like pandemic grocery orders, uh, first of all, we were making a lot of pizza and like the mozzarella they had was the two pound brick of Kroger low moisture part skim mozzarella. And we're like, we've never bought this brand before. And usually we get the whole whole milk mozzarella. Like, are we going to be okay with this? Totally fine. We made a jillion pizzas with it in like 2020, 2021. Wow. Oh, okay. Because they didn't have a whole milk. They didn't. One. They didn't have the whole milk. One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it is interesting. I'm curious to taste it. Okay. So, what is mozzarella? Can you weigh in on this? Yeah, I'll weigh in. I'll give you my opinion on this debate. Uh, so, according, uh, uh, okay, all my research, almost all my research, comes from Wikipedia. So, okay. So, it is a Southern Italian, semi-soft, non-aged stretched curd cheese and it's traditionally made from Italian buffalo's milk and the way that it's traditionally made is a method called pasta filata I have heard that before which means spun paste okay so we'll talk more about that in a minute most of the mozzarella sold in the US is produced domestically even though it including all of the mozzarella that I bought today I'm sure ah okay well so we'll come back in just a second and talk about how it's made but uh, Mr. Etymology uh, is, is requested his presence is requested. (laughs) 
Mozzarella derives from southern Italian dialects and is the diminutive form of mozza, cut, or mozzare, to cut off, which is in reference to the way mozzarella is made. The word has been traced back to 1570 when it appeared in a cookbook. There's also an earlier reference from the 12th century, but it is only to mozza. A source says that a piece of bread with mozza was served to pilgrims at the monastery of St. Lorenzo in Capua, Campania. Just one piece of bread for like multiple pilgrims? Uh, That's right. (laughs) Being a pilgrim was hard. Yeah. Okay. So the way that it's made is, uh, well, it's made like a lot of other cheeses, but then, right. it, then it does some interesting things. And it takes, it takes a detour along <clears throat> the way. That's right. So, you know, they start with milk and traditionally uh, this would be the milk of the Italian Mediterranean buffalo. All right. They warm it. They add a whey starter from a previous batch, which contains thermophilic bacteria. Sure. And the milk is kind of left to ripen so the bacteria can multiply They add some rennet. The milk coagulates into curds, which then they kind of cut up a couple of times. I don't really understand this. First, they cut the curds into kind of like bigger pieces, maybe like one to two inches. All right. And they allow it to to sit and firm up, which in cheesemaking terms is called to heal. Okay. I don't really know why. All right. But after the curd heals, it's cut into smaller pieces. So I guess they're giving it time to sort of like settle in whatever form it's in. I like, okay, I'll I'll make this observation after we get a little further into the process. Okay. So after the curd heals, it's cut into smaller pieces of about a half inch. And then they're stirred and heated to separate out the whey. And then the curds are placed in like a... Uh, like a cheese making hoop or some sort of like round vessel where they're going to become sort of more of a solid mass. Like you've made these curds, you've drained off the whey. Now you're going to kind of let all the curds hang out together. And then you're done, right? No. Oh. Okay. So now you're waiting for the pH to hit a certain number. You're waiting for it to hit around five. Wow. That, that part must be entertaining. <laughs> you're just like sitting there like, <laughs> right? like staring at your watch and your pH meter. So when it, <clears throat> when it hits around five, which uh, this is the point when you can begin the filatura. Uh, oh, okay. how's, my, how's my pronunciation? I think it was great. Great. Okay. So what this and means I would know. is that this like mass of curds is steeped in a bath of hot water. I remember talking this, about right? people talking about this on eGollet. Yeah. So hot water or whey. I think they would buy the curds like ready for this part this of sounds the process. Right. This sounds right. So yeah, the, y- you put them in like a bath of hot water or whey and they're going to lose some moisture in there and they're going to get lighter. And when they begin to float, you can fish them out. And at that point, you knead them and stretch them until they have this like soft, elastic, stringy texture. And this is what's called the pasta filata method. Okay. Did we do a string cheese episode? I think we did. Maybe. Because I remember buying like four kinds of string cheese. So I I, I bought one today because I sort of forgot we did that, but we can have it or not. Okay. But that's that's where like the stringy texture of string cheese comes from, Absolutely. Yeah. The thing I was going to observe is like this story of like, how mozzarella is made is like the perfect antidote to how like we always laugh when there's like an apocryphal origin story for like a Ruth food of, of like like you know I just dropped something in there like you know so <laughs> I left it on the on the in the walk and it turned into pot stickers because like people <laughs> people will like fuck around with food in every possible way you can imagine just to see what will happen and if it's good yeah these the, these people in southern Italy were like hey so let's warm up some milk with a little bit of 
way. And then, hey, let's add some stuff from a stomach. Isn't that where rennet comes from? That's where rennet comes from, from, yeah. And then, hey, let's cut up these curds. And then, hey, let's let it sit. And then, (laughs) This just sounds like a song. Like, hey, (laughs) let's cut up these curds. And then, hey, Hey! let's 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 drain off the way. Let's drain off the way. Hey, hey. Yes. Okay. Anyway. And uh, imagine, like, all the the, rejected uh, versions before they came up with mozzarella. Like, and then okay. they were like, hey, let's knead it. <laughs> hey, let's throw this one out. It sucks. <laughs> hey, this one's too springy. <laughs> hey, this one's just right. It's very Goldilocks kind of thing. Goldilocks and the three cheese lumps. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. According... <laughs> right. That's not... Like, if, according <laughs> to that formulation, like, the, the real one would be called, like, Goldilocks and the three oatmeals. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so. Funny. There's no, yeah. There's, there's, wait, there's no, we, there's no predator. We didn't tell. Like, I can't believe I haven't told the listeners this. I recently went to South Lake Tahoe, California, which is near a big lake. This was a, a work meetup thing, and the first morning, I get up early, which I always do, and I'm like, I'm gonna go out for a walk. I go out for a walk behind the hotel. <laughs> I take about like you know, I walk about one block, and immediately run into a giant bear. Uh, Matthew sent me a picture. This is a full on bear. It's a full size brown bear. Like big bear and and so like everyone would have been so proud of, I mean except for the part where I stopped and took a picture which probably they do not recommend and then I just like backed away slowly and went back to the hotel <laughs> but wow did I like dine out on this story for the rest of the week oh yeah did, was there any oatmeal waiting for you when weirdly you came back? no huh. yeah and I don't even know if it was like mama bear or papa bear huh it could have been baby bear it could have been like if that was baby bear like we're all fucked okay <laughs> Okay, I'm going to talk about cheese again. All right. So according to the Mozzarella di Bufala trade organization. Oh, yeah, I'm a member. The cheesemaker kneads it with his hands like a baker making bread until he obtains a smooth, shiny paste, a strand of which he pulls out and lops (laughs) off. And this forms the individual mozzarella. Nice. I bet bet there's some cool YouTube videos of this, right? Oh, big time, big time. You know, this is like the fresh, freshest of fresh cheeses. This is supposed to be eaten within a few days. The fresher, the more tender. Okay, and you included a picture here of a guy who looks like he's about to get clotheslined by some sort of strand. So so what we're seeing here, Matthew, the strand, ignore the strand. It is just to keep us away from this thing. Oh, okay. Okay. This was taken in Caserta. Uh, This is a cheesemaker guy. And basically what you can't see very well is there's a machine behind him with like kind of this uh, pitched. I say he's standing slide. next to like a slanted thing. Slide. There's yeah. like a slide coming out of this machine. And what that is, is like the molten cheesy stuff. Oh, OK. It's coming down the chute. All right. Yeah. And now, yeah. as I recall, what then happens. So see how the top of this corresponds with this yes well so this is in- <laughs> this must be so entertaining to the listeners this is a commercial <laughs> production but look they're shaping the balls oh yeah in, i like, see this the, machine. the balls like it looks it looks yeah. sort of like an old-timey cash register yeah. or like a player piano roll but anyway there was a different part of the factory i couldn't find these pictures i i know i took them but there was a different part where they were Stirring the cheese with these like, or stirring the curds with these big paddles in what I remember as a big copper vat, I think. Yeah, whatever. Okay. 
glad you got to see that. But it, it was pretty cool. So fresh mozzarella is generally white, but of course, like the color of these things varies depends upon depending upon the animal's diet. Right. It can sometimes be a little yellow. And I think that what a lot of us think of as like the size of fresh mozzarella is usually about a three ounce ball, often sold as ovolini, which means like uh, like an egg. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at the store, like the the Belgioso brand from Wisconsin, they have they have like ovolini mm-hmm. and. Uh, do you want to say the next word? I was hoping you would. Ch- chiliagine. Chiliagine. Chili. Uh, something. Anyway, that's cherry sized. Okay. Oh, bocconcini is between that. Bocconcini means little mouthfuls. Okay. And I think of those as being like the size of a ping pong ball. Mm, like, seems like that would be a lot of mouthful. I know. Like a big mouthful. I mean, like a, a literal mouthful. Okay. Oh, I see. Like, like the actual vo- like dimensions I mean, and volume. That's <laughs> just, right. Of your not mouth. Just, not just the volume, but also the shape of the. Well, inside so let's of your picture mouth. it. I mean, can you can you imagine putting an ovolini in your mouth? I, I think I would die. Okay. Can you picture putting the chiliagine? Yeah. Chiliagine in your mouth. Yes. Okay. What about, so I think Bocconcini is between those two and that it would kind of just nicely fill your mouth, but maybe not be. Okay. uh, All right. Maybe not like a choking I'm kind of stuck in my head now trying to imagine like if you took like a mold, like a wax mold of the inside of my mouth, like what shape would it be? I Mm. do not know. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about the the really small size of okay, mozzarella, please. which is uh, perline. Oh, per- I don't think I've ever seen that. Per- perline. I'm pretty sure you've seen it okay. in like a pasta salad or okay. something. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. tiny little balls. Okay, I could put a bunch of those in my mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes mozzarella is twisted into a braid. I've seen that. And then it's called treccia. Wow, I, my pronunciation is rough. It's Fresh mozzarella is usually sold stored in, in brine or salt water or whey. Uh, brine and salt water being the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But increasingly, I also see it shrink wrapped. We're going to eat some of that today. I'm okay, curious let's, of how this works. Let's open one of these now because you're about to you're about to make a claim that we can confirm or deny. Okay, so yeah, this is is this like vacuum packed? Yeah. Sh- okay. Anyway, oh, it says easy open. Oh, I, uh, interesting. Every time a thing says easy open, it's never easy for me to open. This is this is like my Andy Rooney routine. Oh, that's fun. Okay, so this is a big ball. This is bigger than ovolini. Yeah, this this I feel like like this this like shrink wrapped has become a more common format, like a big a big chunk of fresh ish mozzarella. And this I got this Ferndale Farmstead local brand, which I'd never heard of. But so I, hope I often it's good. buy this at PCC. I buy it either vacuum packed. Or in way, and it, I think it's very good. Mm, yeah, I like it. Uh, it's really tender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's itchy. very good. Okay, well, so how do we think this works? Like, <laughs> what what part? Well, like the the vacuum sealing. Do you, does it work as well as storing it in way? I think it probably gives it a longer shelf life and is like easier to to like grab a piece at the supermarket without splashing. Sure. Okay. So, like, probably. I don't think it's going to be as good as like one that was like made a couple days ago and has been sitting in way since then. Mm-hmm. But I think you're you're more likely to like actually get it this way. Okay, that makes sense. They did not have like I looked to see if they had like a like a some mozzarella balls like uh, relaxing in a bath of whey or or brine at uh, the Murray's Cheese Counter at QFC. I didn't see that. Okay. So Wikipedia says that fresh mozzarella should make a distinctive squeaky sound when chewed. I 
have never noticed this in fresh mozzarella. I don't think I have either. That's that's a thing I think of as being associated with cheese curds, right. like like uh, Wisconsin, like cheddar cheese cheese curds, which wonder, is true. I wonder if we had like really fresh fresh mozzarella, like in Italy. I imagine so so possibly. Forth, maybe I don't know. So fresh mozzarella can be made from buffalo's milk. Of course, that is like the original way that it was made. Uh, in Italy, you can find buffalo milk mozzarella nationwide, sold as mozzarella di bufala. Mm-hmm. Uh, although there's a special designation for Ooh, it. If we it talked comes a from lot about special areas. designations on the mm-hmm. Prosecco and Champagne episodes. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, yeah, if it comes from uh, parts of Campania, Lazio, Apulia, and Molise, it can have a, a I think it's a PDO is what they call yes. it. Yes. The milk of, of buffaloes is higher in fat, like 8%, All right. uh, than cow's milk, which is maybe like between 3 and 4%. So the resulting cheese is supposed to be extra creamy, like sweet and tangy, more so than cow's milk. That feels accurate, like to the times that I've had buffalo milk mozzarella. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so in Italy, cow's milk mozzarella is called fior di latte. The flower of the milk. That's right. That's right. And if, if you purchase something called fior di latte, it should always be cow's milk. And it should be cheese. And it should be cheese. Although I had, I had a fior di latte gelato the other day. Like, I don't know if that, it didn't seem to be like cheese flavored. It was just like milk flavored, but it was good. Hmm. Okay. Cow's milk mozzarella is, of course, cheaper than buffalo milk mozzarella. And outside the EU, if you buy something just labeled mozzarella. It's got to be cow's milk. Yeah. I they're going to they're gonna tell they're everybody. Gonna... If it's like how I told everybody when I met a bear, if they met a buffalo, they're going to tell everybody. Oh, yeah. If the cheese If the met cheese a met a buffalo, yeah. yes. There is such a thing as sheep's milk mozzarella. And it's oh, typical of I'd like certain... to try that. I love sheep's milk cheese. Me too. It's typical of uh, some parts of Lazio. Uh, Abruzzo and Sardinia, and it is uh, sometimes called mozzarella pecorella or mozza pecora. Oh, okay, yeah. If uh, when you take me to Italy, great, <laughs> let's I can't have wait. Some of that. And then goat's milk mozzarella is also a thing, but it's sort of relatively new, and not many people make it. Um, I've seen that at the Seattle farmers markets. Oh, okay, all right. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Okay, let's talk about low moisture mozzarella. Yes, which, that's that's the pizza kind. Yeah, and it is a uh, it's considered a like processed cheese, whereas I guess fresh is mozzarella. It? Yeah, it is considered a processed cheese. It's a it's a processed cheese 
thing. Like cheddar, like this is a processed cheese, right? No, because it doesn't it doesn't say process or processed anywhere on the label, so it would have to. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, whatever. Uh, I think I think probably some like pizza cheese blends are definitely okay processed cheese products or include them. But I think when you get like a ball or or a, a block. Sti- or a block of mozzarella at the supermarket, it probably is not. That makes sense. Maybe if it's like sold shredded or something. Or yeah, has that's been. possible. Okay. Well, anyway, low moisture mozzarella is a variant on the same cheese. It's just been specially formulated and prepared for use on pizza and and things like pizza. The idea is it keeps longer, it has much less moisture, so you can grate it mm-hmm. or thinly slice it. It also has citric acid added to it. That's probably true. I'm going to look that up. And uh, and yeah, it's partially dried. It's it's like a, would we call it a semi-firm cheese? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. Pasteurized okay. parts can milk, cheese culture, salt, enzymes. This one does not have citric acid, but I okay. can see why it might. Okay. Why Why do you think it might? Citric acid is a is a preservative and flavoring agent. Hmm. So, like, it would give it more tang and more shelf life. I think. I find that it's also usually saltier than fresh mozzarella. Yep. I so don't I just know. cut into some some Kroger mozzarella. This is this is not a cheese I would ever eat like plain as a snack. Can I can I taste it? Oh yeah, it? of course. So that's the part skim stuff, right? Yes. Will you cut me a little? Oh, great. I will. Okay. It, it blended in. <laughs> it blended in with the plate, which is also white. So here's the thing. This stuff browns a lot better when it's cooked yeah than fresh mozzarella which has way more moisture in it if you want to brown fresh mozzarella you got to go to naples and, and put it in one of those like thousand degree pizza ovens that's right otherwise forget about it and low moisture mozzarella as you can imagine you know it has it has lost sufficient moisture that it, it's much more compact yeah it's it's denser yeah Okay, so we talked a little bit about smoked mozzarella. Uh, do, is there anything else we want to say about smoked mozzarella other than that we we really don't love it? Um, the one time I remember having it that I really did enjoy it was at uh, Pizzeria Bianco in Phoenix, mm-hmm. where I think uh, when when uh, former spouse of the show Brandon and I went there, I think we got one pie that had like smoked mozzarella, red onions, and pistachios. Maybe that does that sound right. plausible? That it was quite right. tasty. I, I mean, I'd be open to trying it. I don't, I'm just, I, I've never I, like done it at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't um, feel necessary to me. But if that's your thing, like when I with worked it. at Whole Foods, the <laughs> smell of like if you had to handle a smoked cheese, like the smell of it would just oh, I'm sure it would cling to you everything. as if as if you worked in a smokehouse. Exactly. I mean, even if you're wearing latex gloves, you cannot get away from the smell of it. Anyway, okay. Okay, I guess what talk I'm cracking open here: burrata. So, yeah. what is burrata? Mm. Um, Let's talk about burrata. What is burrata and how do you get it out of the container without getting way all over everything? Oh, you have to just put your fingers in there. There you go, Matthew. That's right. Nice. All right. Okay. These look quite firm for burrata. I'm curious to try it. So burrata is basically fresh mozzarella that has been kind of formed around like this this creamy center. The idea is that it's like, um, what they say on the Belgioso label here is fresh mozzarella cheese filled with shreds of mozzarella soaked in Which I think is called stracciatella is the shreds. Okay, so so yeah. That's Um, real tasty. It's interesting because I've seen, so at Delancey, we used to carry burrata made by a company called Joya in mm-hmm. LA. I don't know who, who Delancey gets their burrata from now. But theirs on the inside, there's much less of a distinction between the outside and sure. the inside. And this the, one clearly looks stuffed. Yeah, this one looks stuffed. The one at Delancey, like you cut into it and it just sort of 
runs. Yeah, but I got to say, like, I know this is this is probably like among the worst burrata you can get. It's like the national supermarket brand. It was like six dollars. It's still very tasty. It's still really <laughs> yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that stuff is uh, very I, I feel like burrata is still very trendy. Yeah, I think I think it, it absolutely has been is. for like, like 10 years. It's, it's really had a run. Yeah, I think more than 10 years. I think you're right, because I remember serving it at Delancey when I still worked there. And I'm also right, because you and I are both at, at the age where when we say we think something happened 10 years ago, we, we look it up and it was like 23 years ago. That's right. <laughs> Can you believe that it was 14 years ago that I worked at Delancey? I, I, I mean can't that I worked that. in the Delancey kitchen. Yeah. Can you believe that it was that it was almost 14 years ago that we started this show? God, that <laughs> is so weird. I know. Wow. OK, well, Matthew, let's let's talk about what we actually do with fresh mozzarella. Uh, yeah. Let's do fresh mozzarella first and then we'll do part skim. I don't or buy it moisture. that often. Like I, I will usually buy it if I'm going to make like a pizza margarita. Mm-hmm. And and like I don't really have a good reason for that. Like mostly I will like I do make pizza at home often. I always use like part skim, part skim, whole milk mozzarella pretty much, which I didn't even get any. to Wait taste. a minute. Part skim and whole milk. Sorry. <laughs> Low, low moisture whole milk. <laughs> uh, no, I know what you mean. No, no, I need. I, I want a mozzarella that's at war with itself. <laughs> Perfect. War is the theme of today's show. Apparently, wow. wow. Uh, it's almost like it's all, everywhere. You, I. What is it good for? You know what I say? Absolutely nothing. That's right. Um, it's it's over if you want it. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I do a lot with fresh mozzarella. I buy it mm-hmm. frequently, um, especially in the, me about the warmer months of the year. So I eat so much caprese salad in nice. the summertime. And I kind of like really like uh, stretch the limits of what caprese salad is. I want to hear about this. Because what like, I like, like to do. Like how they stretch the, the uh, yeah, cheese, I, cheese lumps to I, make mozzarella. Um, I pasta filata my caprese salad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Or I, I filata. I, Could <laughs> Could you like in in a sense like do, don't we all like pasta filata our lives? Oh yeah, I'm yeah. constantly stretching and lopping things off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Okay, so uh, here's the deal. I usually will take some very thinly sliced salami. My mm-hmm. favorite would be uh, the Varzi style from the from Cremonelli. Oh, great okay? stuff! Yeah, and I would take maybe like seven or eight slices of it and kind of pave the bottom of like a pasta bowl. Okay. Okay. I like this so far. Then I cut up my tomatoes and I like them cut into chunks, not slices. I want them to be in bite-sized chunks. Then I tear up uh, my fresh mozzarella. I do not like to slice it. I want it torn. And I tear that into bite-sized chunks as well. Okay. Then I, if I have any any avocado, I'll put some sliced avocado in there. Okay, I was with you up until this point. Okay, well you can you can take it or leave it. All I right. don't usually have the avocado lying around. Then uh, I take whatever basil I've got. I tear that again. I don't slice it. Yeah, great. And then drizzle everything with olive oil and an abundant amount of salt and pepper. And so basically, yeah, sounds pretty good. You know, if you put everything on the bite together, you've got salami, mozzarella, tomato, basil, <laughs> olive oil. So good. And then I eat it with like crusty bread. 
Yeah. So I do that all summer long. Why have you never made this for me? That's I'm supposed to be your sure. line. It's, okay, you're right. Right? Uh, okay. I also will very happily just eat fresh mozzarella, like torn up and put in a bowl with some salt and pepper and olive oil, and I will eat it with crusty bread for lunch. Oh, you really you really like tearing things up. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I would slice it. Why no, would I, I, I get slice it. it? Do you know what I mean? The texture's better, I think, if you tear it. Right, and you can see you can see the uh, the threads from Do the you, from the pasta filato process. That's true. That's very true. Do you slice it or tear it? If I'm making a pizza margarita, I will usually like slice it or cut it into cubes. I guess usually oh, cut, cut it into, it into cubes, cubes and like and scatter those because they scatter more. But I mean, sometimes like a slice is nice, like wow. how it sort of spreads out into a puddle of cheese. Okay. No, no, this makes sense. I'm, I'm picturing the, like what happens when the cubes melt and that's yeah. a nice effect. And you're about to mention a dish that I have made and completely forgot about and would like to make again. It's so good. So I think this was a Jamie Oliver recipe. I think I started making it in like 2008. And basically what you do is you thinly slice cremini mushrooms. You could also use a fancier mushroom, but you don't need to. Do you remember like I, I, how, how Jamie Oliver used to be used to be marketed as the naked chef? Yes. Like I, Isn't that it, so I'd weird? forgotten about that because like that didn't that didn't really last very long before no. it just became Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's like, wow, you're trying really hard with this. You thinly slice cremini mushroom and then you take some sort of like an oven proof plate or platter and you lay the cremini out in a single layer. Then you scatter over it torn mozzarella just to eye a little bit of fresh thyme leaves mm -hmm. and olive yes. oil and you put it under the broiler. Yes. And it only takes a few minutes. You're looking for the cheese to maybe like just start to brown and then you eat it with crusty bread. Yes. And it is insane. It's like uh, it's like pizza without having to do the pizza. Yeah. That's, that's what it's like. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be making it's this so soon, good for sure. It's so, so good. Especially since now I've got a bunch of fresh mozzarella. Yes. Do it. Um, so then, okay, let's talk about low moisture moths. What do we do with that? Okay, mostly pizza for me. Like, I'm trying to think, like, when I've done anything with it other than pizza in recent times. Nothing is coming to mind. Okay. How about you? I've made a couple of lasagnas from lasagna, scratch. Lasagna, of course. Yeah. Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I put a, a ton of it when I make lasagna. Totally. I have also used it in um, stuffed shells. Yeah, the sure. The filling I use um, has you, like, finely... Dice fresh mozzarella. I mean, uh, low moisture low, mozzarella. Low moisture mozzarella, and mix that in with the ricotta filling. I'm kind of curious next time to maybe like grate it on the big holes of a, a box grater. That's that's how I do it when I when I put it on pizza. Certainly. Do you ever buy mozzarella already grated? No, and the reason is like. In order to like make that stuff shelf stable, they like like coat it with an anti-caking agent, mm -hmm. and that prevents it from like merging back together very well when it melts. I don't find that to be and like I'm not a knee-jerk anti-convenience food person by any means, but that one does not work for me. I I agree. I agree. I mean, I think I think you can picture it like the way it looks when it's melted on something. Oh it, yeah. It stays in its like discrete shreds no, even when I it's melted. No, I have a story about this. Like I like um I used to love the the cheddar jalapeno bagel at Safeway and then at some point they switch to either either switch to using pre-shredded cheese or probably more likely like switch to a different brand of pre-shredded cheese that just did not melt well at all Ugh. and just like was a bunch of like gross shreds and I was like oh they ruined a good thing oh man yeah if somebody 
gave me, like when we were the recipients of a meal train, somebody did give me some pre-shredded like Mexican cheese blend Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I mean, I definitely used it up. Yeah. I mean, like, it seems like this technology should have improved by now. Yeah. But I don't know if it has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I really dislike grating cheese in general. It, I like grating cheese. Really? I find it very satisfying. Yes. Oh, no, I don't like it. I do not. I, and I have to do it like all the time, especially because yeah. I use a lot of Parmesan and whatever. Do you have? I don't like grating cheese, but I do it. I, I do it anyway. I would rather do that than buy it. Grated. Oh, yeah. We, we did a cheese graters episode, but like I have four different graters and I use them all pretty regularly. I have two that I use regularly. My like just basic microplane mm-hmm. and then my box grater. Yeah. And I also I have like one of the, you know, the rotary one for Parmesan. Very yeah. satisfying. Yeah. You still, it's still like more effort than you would expect. But because yeah. you have to squeeze it pretty hard. But it's fun. Uh, God, when my mom moved, I think we got rid of hers. She had one. That was what we used when I was a kid. Yeah. So satisfying. Okay. Well, anything else we should say about mozzarella in general? I don't think so. I'm going to put this stuff back in the fridge, and then I think we should do some segments. Great. Let's do some segments. segments. Oh, hey. I wanted to say, uh, everybody, if you live in Seattle or in the surrounding area, so apparently Met Market makes their mozzarella, like, or makes mozzarella on site. So you can buy, uh, you know, little deli containers with like Ovolini um, Met Market mozzarella. I'd be really curious to hear if anybody works or has worked at Met Market, are they actually making this stuff in house? Uh, it's very good. It's really good. In fact, I bought some for us to taste today and then left it at home. All right. All right. Uh, Matthew, we've got some spilled mail today. This is from listener Carly, who asks, Hi, Matthew and Molly. I absolutely love to cook and love to try new recipes and dishes. I am a new mom of a now five-month-old and work full-time, and in between working in an office all day and immediately switching to mom mode when I get home, I've lost a bit of my spark for cooking. Do you have any suggestions for recipes or dishes that could ignite my love of cooking fun, delicious, interesting food that won't take too much effort? Thanks. Oh, man, Carly. I, I, already, feel I already replied to listener Carly, but I, def- I, w- I wanted to make sure that that like we answered on the show and yeah. also that you get a chance to weigh it. What did you answer? So what I talked mostly about like East Asian food because that's what like, you know, I feel most inspired cooking. Mm-hmm. And also because like for two other reasons, which is that uh, as we've talked about before, like Chinese and Japanese and Korean food use a lot of like very flavorful, often fermented ingredients mm-hmm. that mean you don't have to like develop develop flavor by cooking things for a long time. Mm-hmm. And if you have access to an Asian supermarket, there are going to be like all kinds of great convenience foods that you may never have thought about before having a five-month-old in the oh, house, but some time. of which are really good and are like, you know, you can find things that kind of strike the right balance of like not so convenient that you feel like you just microwaved something and didn't do any cooking. I was thinking like, you know, a tteokbokki kit or a uh, 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 yakisoba kit with like with like a packet. But then you're going to like add whatever vegetables and meats you want, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, so and so many other things. Oh, man. Uh, Listener Carly. Listen, I feel this. I feel this. My son is nine months old now. And honestly, so basically when my spouse 
gets home at the end of the day because uh, I work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my day is kind of split between taking care of the baby and working, uh, doing paid work, I should say, yes. <laughs> my unpaid and my paid work. Number one, I really hope that you have a partner who takes care of the baby for you. If cooking is something you like to do, I hope that you can just hand that baby off when dinner time comes so that you can focus on cooking because, oh my gosh, I do not enjoy cooking while also parenting. Or if you have like a really big stock pot, just kind of plunk the baby in there like on the kitchen counter. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I will also say that my son has spent countless hours on the kitchen floor sure uh, basically like mopping the floor with his body uh but also playing with any number of things potholders saucepans we call him saucepan man from (laughs) (laughs) from the book um the enchanted wood by uh enith blyton oh i was gonna say enid blyton Blyton. there we go there's a saucepan man in that book there is okay but what i want to say is okay so here are some thoughts we on the show have talked a couple of times about some really great instant pot books yes so there's the one by the two sleevers people um Um, and it's indian food not this one it's this is a different one one. but i like this one a lot too indian food under pressure by ashley singh thomas okay i can't remember remember what this other one is. I've got it at home. It's by the the people who did the Two Sleevers right. website. Yep. And uh, the recipes are delicious. Uh, pretty easy to prep. Uh, so I feel like when you have time, you could do some of the prep and then just like toss it in the Instant Pot. I would also mention the Filipino Instant Pot cookbook. Yes, we talked to uh, Romeo uh, Roque Nido. That's uh, right. Oh my God, the chicken adobo in this. So Coconut good. Yep. chicken adobo. Yeah. So good. And this would be a very low-key, rewarding thing to make. Yep. Or, or to do. So, and also, will you can make enough that then you can enjoy it for at least two nights or dinner and lunch the next day. Yeah. The other thing I will say is if you are somebody who gets like a CSA share, for Mm -hmm. instance, or if you do like one big grocery shop a week, the thing that's been saving me a lot lately is whenever I bring home a large quantity of produce, um, I do, I, I basically fully deal with it the minute I bring it home. So uh, let's say that I've got a head of uh, or a bunch of Russian kale in my CSA share. Yeah, I go ahead and I prepare it. I usually use it for kale chips. Mm-hmm. So I go ahead, I tear it into the size pieces I want. I, I compost the stems and I go ahead and I wash it and I it's ready to roll. The same thing you could do with green beans. Go ahead and like just yep. snap the ends, get it ready to roll. And I do all of that whenever I do my grocery shopping. So let's say- Or just make your baby do those things. That's right. On any given night, you know, like if I'm making something from the Filipino Instant Pot cookbook, I might have like blanched green beans with it. And the green beans are essentially like a no brainer because they're already prepped. Yeah. The other thing I would say, and like you don't you don't need us to say this, but but we should say it anyway, is like what whatever you do, you know, do this because like, you know, it inspires you or because you love to cook or because there's something, you know, that uh, you're excited to serve the family, not because you feel like you have to or anybody is judging you if you if you like get dinner on the table by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Like you do enough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if uh, if you serve Stouffer's lasagna, like that's great. And like if uh, <laughs> Indian food from Trader Joe's, Indian food from Trader Joe's is excellent. Stuff. So good. Yeah. Like 
this this is absolutely totally fine. And if anybody doesn't agree, fuck up. Uh, also, we eat scrambled eggs for dinner a lot. Yeah, pancakes, breakfast for dinner, no problem. Oh man, yeah, I'm a big fan of scrambled eggs, salad, and like uh, like roasted potatoes or bread. That's yeah. like a, at least one one meal a week. We yeah, the salad one. I usually make is the world's simplest salad. Everyone in the family loves it. It's uh, like a, a tub of, of pre-washed arugula, olive oil, lemon juice, salt and pepper. That's it. Boom. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, that was such a good question. Yeah. Uh, Carly, congrats on your new baby. Yeah. Please, uh, please uh, <clears throat> send the baby to us. Send it to Matthew. <laughs> please. <laughs> well, that's okay. right. You have enough of those. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Matthew, what's your snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking. Or I'll release the kraken. So what you snacking? What you snacking? As I mentioned, I was recently at my uh, company company meetup and met a bear. And this uh, snack was not given to me by the bear, but was given to me <laughs> by my coworker Lauren, who uh, who is from Seoul, South Korea, and brought a big bag of like individual like mini packs of uh, HBAF brand almonds and other nut snacks. Mm-hmm. And so there was like uh, like a salted caramel peanut one that I really liked. There was a there was a cookies and cream coated almond that was very popular. My favorite one was the Injolmi almonds, which is uh, coated with like sweetened kinako powder. I don't know the word. The word for it might just be Injolmi in, uh, in Korean, but it is uh, toasted ground soybean flour. And it has this wonderful powdery texture and is like uh, it's a fantastic snack i did bring some home for wife of the show Lori, but it's a little packet with literally three almonds in it so i'm hoping oh oh they have it on amazon i noticed so it's hbaf and injolmi is i-n-j-e-o-l-m-i so check your local korean grocery if you can i will check it at uh, m to m but uh, you can order these online and i recommend them fantastic matthew do you have a now but wow i do So I'm going to break the format slightly and plug a friend of the show, Becky Selling, it's Field to Fork podcast. But then there's also going to be like a bonus now, but wow, in here. Whoa. You ready? Yes. Okay. So uh, this this podcast is called Field to Fork. It is hosted by friend of the show and and multiple time guest, Becky Selingit, um, who uh, co-hosted with uh, Keith Bacon, who's a local podcaster. And uh, they are both like fantastic radio people. Like they sound great. They sound much better than us. They talk to local producers and farmers and merchants in the Puget Sound area and they have a particular emphasis on queer and indigenous voices. And one of my favorite episodes so far was uh, their conversation with a with small batch pickle maker, Melissa Figueroa. And after listening to the episode, uh, Watzel went right out and bought some of Melissa's pickled jalapenos, which are super tasty. Nice. And so I'm going to plug those too. So the podcast is Field to Fork, wherever you get podcasts. And the pickles are, uh, the brand is Electric Habitat. That's electric-habitat.com. Fantastic. I'm glad to know about it. I, I had no idea. I haven't heard of the brand. Cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella. Molly has a newsletter called I've Got a Feeling, and it's at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. I recommend it. Matthew Makes Music has two bands, yep. Early to the Airport and Twilight Diners. Thanks for remembering both of my band mm-hmm, names. Mm-hmm. I was I was in the studio this morning working on a new Early to the, Early to the Airport song. I have trouble saying the band name also. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Earler to the <laughs> Airport. <laughs> anyway, you can find uh, all of the stuff everywhere you find music. Yeah. And you can rate and review us wherever you find podcasts.
Uh, you can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. You know, there's this new thing on Spotify I've noticed where it will ask you, like, what did you think of this episode? And you can, like, type an answer into Spotify. And, like, a couple of people have done this, and it's always very nice because people say, like, this episode made me laugh 12 times. Oh. So, so definitely participate in that new feature, but please say something nice. Well, and be sure and tell us exactly how many times you laughed. That's like, right, yeah. Keep, uh, keep like, a tally marks and, like, send us. Not just on your bedpost. Not just That's... on your bedpost, but definitely <laughs> there also yeah okay those are notches um uh well i mean that's that's what the notches on your bedpost are for how many times you how laughed many times you laughed <laughs> during the spilled milk episode <laughs> yeah you're lying in bed you're listening to the episode you've got uh uh like a little a little uh knife between your toes that you're using to cut these i'm not <laughs> yeah. sure why why the notches wow. can't be by the head of the bed but I, oh no wait, they can't <laughs> i just realized i always imagine notches on the bedpost at the foot of the bed but too. i'm not sure why i did too i picture my childhood bed which was like a four <laughs> poster bed and i picture it on the lower right me too yeah. yes why like i'm not to be clear i'm not picturing your childhood bed <laughs> Okay, well, uh, hey, I think that was our closing joke. All right, and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. I'll be your manager. How about that? Oh, you'll be my man. Adjure. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 